You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi Five. Five minutes of science fiction history for November 8th. It was the TV comeback of the face and voice of the Twilight Zone, and most fondly remember it as a fixture of 1970s TV. But it was on this day in 1969 that Rod Serling's Night Gallery unveiled its first offerings as a made-for-TV movie, with all-star talent both in front of and behind the camera, some at the very beginnings of their careers and some toward the end. And it was almost a very different show entirely. The seeds for Night Gallery were planted as the Twilight Zone left the airwaves with the end of its fifth and final season in 1964. With CBS having declined to continue the series, Serling's agent began trying to pitch other networks on the Twilight Zone almost immediately, or at the very least, something very much like the Twilight Zone in every way but name, since CBS owned the name. But in virtually every other regard, the new show would be the same. Small stories with big plot twists, each introduced by Serling himself, who at the time was easily the best-known writer in television. And Serling almost had a taker. ABC was interested, but since they already had their own science fiction anthology, namely The Outer Limits, they wanted Serling to restrict himself to supernatural tales, and even suggested naming the new show after a recently published anthology edited by Serling, Rod Serling's Triple W, which is Warlocks and Werewolves. Serling chafed at this idea, offering his own concept called Rod Serling's Wax Museum, in which, at the end of his trademark introductory comments, Serling would uncover a wax figure based on a moment from the story about to unfold. ABC passed on the idea and opted not to pick up a new Serling series, but Serling didn't give up on the idea of a TV successor to The Twilight Zone, and pitched a retooled version of his wax museum concept to NBC, who picked it up as a made-for-TV movie. The expense of wax figures was traded off for more cost-effective paintings, and the night gallery was born. Rod Serling's Night Gallery and the many ups and downs of the series' production could take up an entire book, and indeed those tales from behind the scenes have taken up several. There's even been an entire coffee table book devoted to the custom-made paintings for each of the show's short stories. But let's zoom in on the TV movie, which aired today in 1969. A series was by no means a certainty, and everything was riding on the movie going smoothly. It's divided into three stories— the Cemetery, starring Roddy McDowell and Ossie Davis. Eyes, starring the legendary Joan Crawford in one of her final filmed performances. And Escape Route, starring Richard Kiley. All three stories were written by Serling and handled by different directors. A veteran of such series as The Man from Uncle, Tarzan, and The Donna Reed Show, Barry Shear directed Escape Route, concerning a Nazi war criminal on the run from his past. The Cemetery, which cast Roddy McDowell as a ridiculously spoiled young man keen to shorten his elderly uncle's life and inherit his estate, was directed by Boris Segal, another director with many TV series and TV movie credits under his belt. But the middle segment was directed by a rookie, a promising young director named Steven Spielberg. And no matter who was cast in the lead role as a woman who undergoes experimental eye transplant surgery, the then 22-year-old Spielberg was being tossed into the deep end, Betty Davis reportedly turned down the part before Joan Crawford took the role, and Miss Crawford was less than thrilled about being stuck with a first-time director. 
Though once on set, she and Spielberg got along famously, completing their part of the movie in just nine shooting days. It turns out she had more trouble with Serling's wordy script than she did with a green director. The rest, of course, is history. Promoted with plenty of hype about a new creation from the man who had ushered the world into the Twilight Zone, Night Gallery was a shoe-in for a series order, though the first one-hour episode wouldn't appear for over a year. But the show is its own series of stories, each of them frozen in time like a painting. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for November 8th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Browning. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.